Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. All right, I think it's finally safe to say Merry Christmas, everybody. I mean, gosh, we've been waiting for this for, I guess, about 12 months to be exact. I mean, I'm so ready for 2021. I know all of us are. But I must say, I, I'll take Christmas every day of the year if if I could. I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm really excited because right now we're, we're sort of celebrating, okay, not just the birth of a Savior, but also the, the birth of love good, okay? I mentioned this last week. You're very, very aware that I've now got for the next six weeks amazing footage of 2014 interviews that I did with artists that run the entire gamut of genres, okay? Colm Kerwin, Cimarelli, Nick Fabian, Chris Cole, Kevin Hyder, and today, Rebecca Rubion, okay? She's got an incredible Christmas album, which you should go check out anyways. It's on Spotify. It's obviously on Apple Music. Anywhere you can stream it, you can find it, Okay. But today we sit down, I mean, I think this conversation is six years old, and we're talking about specifically an album that she released called Sleepless Nights. It ended up in the hands of our patrons before it ended up with anybody, and we've partnered with Rebecca on more than one seasonal package. She has been a part of Love Good from the beginning because she's been a friend of mine for almost 10 years now. She's an amazing woman raising a beautiful family getting sync licensing deals like nobody's business. I mean, she has had songs on every imaginable primetime television sitcom out there, okay? I don't even know what shows people are watching these days, but whatever you're watching, you've heard Rebecca Ruby on because her music has been a part of that soundtrack. She's so talented, but it's really cool to revisit this conversation, to remember what it was like when she was, in some ways, first getting her career off the ground, but also first getting her family off the ground, I don't even think that she was married yet at this point, and now she's got at least a couple of kids. Rebecca's amazing, and I really can't wait for you to enjoy this conversation. And by the way, if you're not listening to our Spotify playlist right now, I mean, you're wrong. You're definitely wrong, okay? We've got Thrill of Hope, which is our brand new Advent playlist on Spotify, and then our classic Tis the Season, which is the best Christmas music out there, okay? That's what you should be listening to when you are putting the kids down to sleep Okay, on Christmas Eve, when you're waking them up on Christmas morning, when you got candy canes flying through the kitchen, this is the music you should be playing. Again, Thrill of Hope, Tis the Season, both very easy to find at lovegoodculture.com slash Spotify, or just go to Spotify, type in Love Good, you'll find us. But right now, I'm super excited to share this old conversation with Rebecca Rubion back in the days of Love Good music, which of course went on to become Love Good. You guys are amazing. Hope you enjoy. We're in the studio today with Rebecca Rubion. My name is Jimmy Mitchell. This is the Love Good Music Podcast, bringing you some of the best new artists across genres every couple of weeks, and just getting a behind-the-scenes, behind-the-studios glimpse into new projects and new songs. And Rebecca's an old friend, and it's just always so exciting uh, to work together, to collaborate, and to also rally our patrons behind new music that really is uh, 
something you can believe in and be really, really passionate about. So I'm really excited to hear all about Sleepless Nights and uh, all the tracks that are going to be on that album coming out exclusively to our patrons in June. So uh, Rebecca, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Jimmy? Good, good. Thanks so much for coming in today. I want to hear uh, all about the record, all about maybe a couple of the songs that you're most excited to talk about. Uh, but first and foremost, for those of our listeners who maybe have not heard you just talk about life before and maybe even a little bit of the mission behind your art, um, even if they've heard your songs, um, what would you want to say to them? How would you introduce yourself to a brand new fan, this is a little tricky because you're not going to get to play a song, but uh, what is it that you hope at, at any given moment to be communicating uh, to fans and, and people who love great art and great music? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, I would just say I'm someone who is just trying to use my gift to change the world in big ways and in small ways and just giving people beauty. Um and in hopes that it would really glorify God, um, but also just inspire people, you know, and um, not trying to necessarily get any, garner any like accolades of my own, but just doing my little part to, yeah, change the world. It's really awesome. I think it's probably been Four or five years ago that we met, I mean, it would have been when you first moved to Nashville. What year was that? Yeah, 2010. 2010. And how cool to see... I was a little know, baby artist. That's right. The evolution of your art. And gosh, there's been a couple of brilliant EPs that we compiled and, and released as a full length to our patrons pretty exclusively in that package almost two years ago, I would guess. And then we put out a, an incredible Christmas record of yours about mm. a year ago. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of the next big thing happening. Um, I'm just trying to whet my own appetite before we get into the, <laughs> the new album. Um, what's your backstory? I know you're obviously from a part of the country that is sort of inherently creative, but what was it like growing up in your family of origin and just the community around you? Was it one that fostered a lot of this creativity and, and artistic endeavor, or was that something you really pursued on your own? Sure. Well, being born in New Orleans, I just kind of like came out of the backyard of, you know, soul music and... Really, um, my dad was a big influence on me growing up. He would always play the guitar for us and sing for us. I'm one of five kids, and uh, we just had a lot of fun, you know, making up our own songs for our parents and giving them, like, private concerts. And um, I'm right in the middle of two sisters, and then our two brothers came later. But, yeah, so had a lot of fun with music growing up and always felt, um, encouraged to pursue it. My dad really wanted us all to take piano lessons. So when I was seven, I started um, playing piano and taking lessons. And really, uh, it wasn't until high school that I started exploring the songwriting thing. And once I, I started playing in my church band, a life teen band, uh, I kind of put together, oh, like, you know, I can play and sing and, uh, just started writing my own songs and the first time I performed it was the first time I performed an original song was at like a high school like student teacher talent night and that moment um, really awakened in me something that I just was like a switch I couldn't turn off I just became kind of addicted to the 
exchange between myself on stage sharing something with someone in the audience and just that you know that type of giving and that type of gift to people is different than just sharing a conversation you know um music is very powerful and it's a beautiful way to connect um to people so once I started doing that, you know, my parents were like, oh, that's sweet. And, you know, dad helped me record a, a little 10-song um, project in our living room and always felt really supported. It wasn't until college I just all the while kept writing songs and playing out and started playing, you know, local bars and stuff. My parents were like, oh, she's doing this, you know, she's taking this seriously. And... um they were still very supportive. I just think it's a challenge as a parent. You know, you want to see your children succeed and be self-sustaining and uh, comfortable and happy and, you know, making it on their own. And I think it was probably very hard for them to see me just pack up my car and move to Nashville after having a college degree and, you know, pursuing music. I'm sure that was a big sacrifice for them to to just let me go and do that. But I've never felt unsupported. My parents and my siblings, my entire family have always been very supportive of my music and um you know, for better or for worse, they're involved. You know, they they tell you if they don't think something sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'm just really grateful for their support. I love what you said that there was a moment where suddenly it clicked and you were in a sense addicted to this exchange. Um, I'm sure you couldn't articulate it at the time. I would imagine that took a few years of, of reflection. Um, but when did you finally find the words to say that this is this is a even more than a conversation? It's a gift of myself every time I I share these songs live, or you know, I'm sure you feel that way about your studio records mm-hmm. as well. Um, when did that finally hit home that that what you do as an artist is so much more than just mere self-expression or mere, mere entertainment for the listener, but but an exchange and a really profound one that is primarily initiated by you, the artist, a giving of yourself and of your heart. Um, yeah, when did that start to click for mm. you? Because I don't think that's a terribly common understanding of self for uh, for your typical Nashville artist, you know? Well, I think it's it's been more of a process. It was never like a revelation, you know, moment of revelation. It was more just over time I realized the impact. It, also being a listener myself and being impacted by artists I admire, um, just realizing, gosh, you know, the the connection people have to music and songs. This song reminds me of, you know, when I was going through that tough time in college or, you know, when I was driving down that road on that road trip or whatever it may be. Um, these stories that are personal and dear to my heart can reach people across the world without me ever meeting them. Um, there was a particular moment that I think it, it, it kind of connected all the dots for me. I wrote this song um, called Orange Hail, and I wrote it after reading a story of a World War II hero who um, saw a grenade land in the ditch where all of him and his buddies were, you know, getting ready to fight, and they were all in this ditch, and he saw it land, and he just, without 
even thinking. He just jumped on top of the grenade, sacrificed himself for his troops. And so I ended up writing this song about this guy. His name was Joe Mann, and he was just one of the many war heroes of that time. And, you know, put it on YouTube or something. And the family found the song, reached out to me, sent me all of these um, really special things of Joe's. And I just felt, wow, like the amazing technology we have to share music now and just the fact that I was so touched by this man's life who's been gone for, you know, half a century, but yet I've been able to connect with his family and really honor him still with my music. So uh, there have been a couple stories like that that made me realize this is bigger than just me. It really is such a privileged place, that of the artist and the life of his or her fans. I mean, one, you have a a gift that can oftentimes articulate experiences and emotions that someone can't even articulate themselves, which is why beauty often elicits tears because it, it's suddenly striking a chord that we didn't even know was there. So you're, you're opening up chambers of people's hearts and for a family like that, doing something quite beautiful in their own, I'm sure, uh, process of grieving and healing you know, mm. and then um, to just probably stand in awe of that gift um, and, and you know, not take advantage of it, I'm sure is a great challenge uh, and to cultivate it, you know, to, to sort of protect it. So for you, you know, what are kind of the disciplines you have, you know, as a as an artist and as a woman of, of faith and, and someone who wants to, you know, I'm sure leave a legacy behind, what are the kind of things that you do on a day-to-day basis that you know, cultivate this craft of songwriting, um, but also um, keep your heart where you want it along the way? Hmm. Um, well... I ask because it does seem like a lot of us who are artistic uh, really need... Um, order <laughs> we do we that, need structure yeah, and i think it, yeah. just human beings were designed we're made for structure i'm not I, i'm i'm a work in progress you know <laughs> and i think just actually discipline is my theme for this year um and so i think just really being obedient to um spending time um just in prayer and reflection every day Um, And then also just giving time to my craft. You know, when you're an artist, especially a solo artist who I have a team behind me and with a label, but I don't I don't have a record deal. I don't have all of the all of the parts and the components that um, would completely take care of everything for me. So I'm wearing all these hats and there's always work to be done on a computer, you know, social media, marketing, publicity, booking, all of these things. But if I don't play the piano Mm. every day, if I don't uh, work with a metronome, you know, if I don't uh, warm up really well before I sing, these are things that aren't, aren't glamorous, but that make it so much more fun and so much more gratifying um, when I do get to go out and share my songs with people. Mm. So I think it's just really being dedicated to the work itself and not getting lost in 
all of the business side, which is very necessary, you know, to do this and do it well. Um, so it's a delicate balance. Mm-hmm. Life is all a delicate balance. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I dance not so successfully in that that balance every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, especially, you know, every artist is sort of his or her own um, small business. Yeah. You know, so you have a lot and of just work. working for yourself is yeah. in itself a very huge discipline. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hear about the new project. So how long you've been working on these songs? How many songs can we expect on it? And um, maybe even tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe two of your favorites. So let's begin. How long you've been working on these on these songs? Is there any that reach back into even the time of recording of other records? Or are they all pretty much written in the last year? Hmm. I think they're all about Anywhere from two years old to... So they're like either toddlers or like infants. <laughs> I like to think of my songs as little babies because <laughs> I'm not a mom yet. And Lord willing, I will be. But for now, these are my creations. And um, some of them I labored and toiled with for a while. Some of them um, were more actually just... I just finished them in the studio. My producer was like, these two songs need to be on the record and you need to finish them. Um, so it just depends. They're, again, they're just like people. They're all different and they all come from different places. But the theme, the overarching theme for this album, 10 songs, uh, is is just this this tug of war between fear and hope. And I think as a 20-something you know, person who is younger in my career, um, but, you know, growing up a lot and um, having some life changes, I think there are a lot of fears that we have as young professionals, as young adults. Um, You know, what if this happens or what if this never happens or gosh, like, you know, being an artist, you're exposing yourself to the world, essentially. And so you're taking on this vulnerability in a way um, with people to for them to be like, oh, you're not good or, oh, you're not this, you know. Um, it, there's a lot of fear. And I, I think, um, yeah, just a lot of these songs deal with fear and hope. Which is obviously such a universal human experience. So as people are, you know, hearing these songs, what, what is, what is sort of the, um, what is the truth that you're trying to speak? And obviously, in a, in a beautiful way, you know, through the gift of your music, what's the truth that you're um, speaking? You know, over the course of these ten songs, I, I can't imagine that everyone, you know, ties up neatly with a bow. Uh, mm-hmm. That there's probably tension and there's dissonance and. You know, there are some songs that are going to be uh, darker and others that are going to be brighter. But as people hear the, the album, which I believe is, is titled Sleepless Nights, um, you know, what is, what is the take home, you think? Yeah. Um, well, basically, it's a journey of like, I'll just give you some titles of the songs so you can kind of get excited, but also understand um, one song is called Don't Know Who I Am which of course I know who I am and I know, you know, I'm, I, I, I think I'm a good person. I, you know, I'm confident in who I am. I know who I'm not as well. <laughs> and, um, but that song was written out of a moment of just fear and loss of 
gosh, where am I headed? And and this is really tough. And then there's a song called I'll Be All Right that's about, you know, all the what ifs. And then the chorus is like, you know, no matter what, I'll be all right. There's a song called um, Sleepless Nights <laughs> that actually I wrote the chorus of that song when I couldn't sleep one night. And I, I just kept saying, I'm tired of sleepless nights. And I liked the play on words. And then it ended up, ended up coming becoming this dance song on the record. So it's just been, yeah, a journey of just all these questions and then finding um, just that surrender of like, no matter what happens, I'm, you know, I've, I'm, I really will be okay. Mm. And I'll be taken care of. And so I think as people listen to the album, it's it, it's a really fun record. Um, and it deals with a lot of really real emotions. There's a song about anger. The protagonist was cheated on by their significant other, and it's called Quicksand, and she, she gets revenge. So it's kind of like this human emotion of like, gosh, I just want revenge. But then the next song in the album is I Don't Know Who I Am because that doesn't fulfill you, you know? Um, and to really, to really know who you are is to be the best person that you can possibly be. And yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, it's beautiful. So as you write these songs and obviously the process of writing them into recording them and then watching them mixed and mastered before your very eyes, sometimes they, they end up quite different than maybe how they began. Um, how many of them are personal and how often do you find yourself writing songs for others or, you know, using uh, even anecdotes and, and, and realities from other people's lives to mm-hmm. then inspire your own craft? Is it half and half or how does that look for you usually? Sure. Well, uh, I would say quicksand is not personal. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. <laughs> um, I know your fiance. He's the best. <laughs> the he's, best of the best. He's wonderful. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, they're all personal to me and in the sense that like I can at least relate. Um, there's a song called Sometimes that I really, really love playing live because it's the chorus is sometimes it just takes some time. And it's about patience, which I need. Uh, and that, yeah, that just, that's very personal. But at the same time, it's very relatable. And I try to write songs that, I connect with that are coming from a real place, but that aren't so specific that no one else, they'll be like, what is she talking about? You know, like I want listeners to be like, I totally get that. I feel that sometimes too. Or, you know, that's exactly what I'm going through. Um, You know, I'm jump the gun is another one um, towards the end of the album, towards the back half. That's just about like not understanding the other person in the relationship and you're like I don't want to jump the gun here don't get me wrong but like what is happening in your head you know and um yeah they're all very personal and they're all very different um but I just hope that listeners will will be able to take something away from each one of them I do think that's sort of an amazing amazing gift when Someone can take something so personal and yet uh, allow it to become this this universal um, invitation, you know, uh, and into the very things that make us human, you know. And so, I know when I'm reading books or watching movies, uh, the moments that always grip me the most are the ones that 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 
strike the deepest chord of my own experience. And I literally feel more human. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not always the greatest of movies. I, I'm usually kind of embarrassed about the books and movies and the albums that I love the best. It's not like I would really make a public list of those things. Um, but they're certainly the ones that help me tap in to my own humanity and um, even provide a glimpse into the humanity of others right. that I may never understand in a, in a, in a deeply uh, and tangibly uh, personal way. Um, but but at least can begin to have some empathy, you know, yeah. that I think only expands the heart. There's a lot of solace in the notion that you're not alone. Like someone else out there is feeling this too and is going through a similar thing. And especially with all the social media right now, we are bombarded with these images of other people's lives that make their lives look so cool and so like joy filled and it's hard to not compare and say like gosh they just seem like everything's going so well for this person or everything you know this person's getting to do all these cool things and like what you know it makes you feel very alone and very why isn't my life like that or and we're chasing these like shadow dreams that don't really exist and so I think Music is a platform that I'm, I'm trying to use to tell people like, hey, like, you know, I've, I, have, I have dark moments just like everybody else, but I also have hope and you should too. It's so powerful just that, that music can communicate the simple truth that we are not alone. And I know that certainly one of my hopes as Love Good Music continues to grow that all the artists involve feel like, okay, we're in this together. Uh, What's really quite exciting is we're going to be shipping um, sleepless nights out to our patrons in June. Um, This is not, at least at the moment of recording this podcast, this is not official, but it's it's very, very likely that alongside your album will be Alana Marie Boudreaux's next full-length album and Scott Mulvihill's debut full-length album. And y'all are all friends. Mm -hmm. There's like this really uh, amazing, I think, respect and admiration that y'all have for each other. And just a real sense of, hey, uh, this is something much bigger than us. So I know that I feel incredibly privileged to even be having this conversation and then to invite other people in to this, um, this real uh, gift of, of, of patronage, you know, where we can, um, I don't know, breathe life into the, the, the hearts uh, of, of artists who maybe do feel alone. Um, and just be a small part of the process and, and say, we, we believe in you. And I, I know that I can say that on behalf of our hundreds of patrons across the country and across the world that, that we believe in you and are so excited to get to, uh, to hear the album and hopefully see you live sooner than later. And somehow in the midst of, of all your uh, beautiful uh, you know, things unfolding, such as getting married in May and... and uh, <laughs> an album release uh, somewhere in between. I mean, it's really just uh, absolutely amazing uh, to just have you, you know, as a witness uh, in my life and as a friend as well. So I, I just hope that is is shared, you know, far beyond um, Love Good Music and, uh, and, and far beyond even your current fan base and social media following. So that being said, how can people stay in touch with you uh, beyond the release of this album and moving forward? Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for all the support. Um, and patrons, thank you for supporting good art 
It's so important. And if you would like, you can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just Rebecca Rubion. My last name is French, so it's R-O-U-B-I-O-N. Um, yeah, would love to connect with people. That's great, Rebecca. Well, I cannot wait to hear the full album. I've only heard some clips so far, and it, it sounds amazing. So great Thank work, you. and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thanks so much. Why do the bad guys win? Why are the good ones Why do the stars go down? She's so good, right? I mean, come on. All these years later, and she's still killing it. And I don't get to see her as much because I, I now live in Tampa, obviously. But I just know that Rebecca Rubion is everything you think she is, all right? She's not just an amazing artist. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing wife. And she's just a super faithful woman, all right? Somebody that you really want to rally around. And, you know, this is your chance. Go to Spotify. If you've never heard of Rebecca Rubion, get on it. Today, you can follow her, obviously, her profile. You can go listen to her Christmas album. You can go listen to that incredible album that we just heard excerpts from called Sleepless Nights. And I also want you to know, again, that we've got these incredible holiday playlists you can find very easily at lovegoodculture.com slash Spotify. But most importantly right now, all right, we're obviously in the midst of the Christmas season, okay? The Christmas octave, the 12 days of Christmas, whatever you want to call it, this is a time of real celebration. And we're going to be releasing this week a brand new live music video. We're going to be releasing these every few weeks from this point forward. And Rebecca is somebody that we've done these kinds of releases with in the past. We've got a whole new slew of artists that we're going to be releasing these with moving forward. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're very likely going to miss out on this, okay? So make sure you go to youtube.com slash lovegoodculture. That's again, youtube.com slash lovegoodculture. Get subscribed. Don't miss a single live music video when they release. We've got a lot of amazing stuff in store. 2021 is going to be, well, a lot better than 2020. Let's at least hope so. Be assured of our prayers for you and for your family this Christmas season. And we'll be back next week with another one of these archived interviews. And with this will actually come a really exciting live stream concert announcement as well. So come back next week. I'll be sitting down with my old, old friend, Kevin Heider. I mean, he's been on this podcast a lot, but this is one of the conversations we had long before there was a Love Good podcast and you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. Just in time for the new year. You guys are amazing. Have a beautiful week, beautiful Christmas. We'll see you soon. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good podcast. If you like this week's episode and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content such as a weekly long form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world. <laughs>